Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind podcast. I'm Conrad Olsen, founder and editor-in-chief of Scandinavian Mind. Today we are revisiting another talk from the Transformation Conference, a fashion tech event we hosted together with Unicommunication in Stockholm back in August. In the midst of the most transformative period that fashion has ever seen, we wanted to explore how Finland and Sweden could deepen their impact on the industry together. This talk was titled, Fashion Recycles Only 1%, How Do We Change That? Recycling textiles should be as natural as recycling paper or plastic. Why isn't it? We discussed this with both a Finnish and a Swedish company working in the recycling space. We had Nura Eslander, Head of Communications at RenewCell, and Petri Alava, CEO and co-founder of Infinited Fiber Company. In this conversation, we talk about why it's important to talk about new technologies and fiber innovations in a fashion context, the significance of scale, what the consumer thinks about recycling textiles, what needs to happen in order to increase recycling, and what new EU legislations will mean for this field. I'd like to thank Helsinki Partners and Stockholm Fashion District for making this possible. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to learn about upcoming talks and events. Visit scandinavianmind.com newsletter. We'll be back soon with another season of our regular programming in this podcast feed. Until then, here is the panel with Nura Eslander and Petri Alava. Enjoy. Okay, we have so many Finnish companies here today, so I thought we need to bring in a Swedish one yes. at least. So finally, <laughs> finally. Nora, uh, you represent uh, RenewCell. Um, you work kind of in in uh, in this similar space as many of your your colleagues here today. Give a brief introduction to RenewCell, and and uh, your product is Circulos. Happy to and happy to be here as a Swedish representative. Um, we're RenewCell, we're a Swedish textile recycling company and we produce a dissolving pulp made entirely from textile waste. That's called circulose, so circular cellulose. So what we do is that we have a technology to take in full garments or textile waste from production spills. Um, we shred it into smaller pieces and it goes into a chemical step. And that's kind of the secret sauce to Renew Cell, where we take out the cellulose, we uh, package it into these sheets of dissolving pulp, which is then sent to fiber producers and goes into the existing supply chain of new textiles and new clothes, like my jacket here. Of course, representing, that's yeah, good. Always. Um, we, there's, there's an aspect of what we've been doing here all day, basically. Uh, and, and I kind of reflected on this when we talked beforehand that, you know, only I think two years ago, the fashion industry didn't talk about the fibers. And now we're talking, we have companies here that collaborate with some of the biggest lifestyle brands in the world. And what you're basically delivering is this thing that becomes the thread that becomes the textile, right? We're talking about something that's really early in, in uh, the supply chain. Um, to talk about, I mean, you really positioned, I mean, both of you have, but, but in order to start with you, you really position yourself, 
you know, at the forefront of sort of brand recognition and collaboration with something that, you know, the general consumer didn't care about until recently. No, and that's why I love the, the presentation about the consumer because it's really, um, it's, it's something we've seen the, just the last couple of years, how the consumers are stepping up, but we also see a gap between what you're saying that you want to do and talking about and what you're actually doing. So we created Circulos as a consumer, to the consumer in the market to be able to talk about this in an easy and an understandable way for a new consumer that doesn't necessarily care that much about sustainability or that loves fashion and wants to be in fashion and think fashion is fun because it is. Um, so we're cooperating with uh, brands um, um, that are fashion brands in, in um, their core and not just these larger ones that are, are doing so much for um, sustainability in general. Um, Petri, you kind of had made a similar journey with Infinite Fiber Company and, and Infina, you have these sort of high profile uh, collaborations. How susceptible do you think the consumer is to these messages? Can they understand these processes? Do they understand what, the, you know, do they care, uh, basically? Yeah, I think the, what Fred was presenting is, is, a, is a kind of good signal that there are geeks and there's a kind of growing number of geeks who are interested about technologies. Uh, at the end of the day, what I feel is, is, and I think that was the message also from Frederick, that the cons we need to be making the uh, sustainable and conscious choice to the consumers very easy. So the consumer don't need to be making any compromise. They, they can buy clothing which feels good, looks nice, is easy to wear. Uh, it's also long-lasting, and I think that's the role of, of technologies to enable that. So we feel that that we are enabler, uh, providing technology which can solve the, the most burning problems of the fashion industry. At the same time, also being very conscious about transparency. So naturally, we need to be kind of very transparent whatever we do, so the consumer really can say trust that if there's a sustainability claim, that it is truly sustainable. Right, and you have done collaborations with Tommy Hilfiger and uh, the, the PVC group as well as Inditex. What does this mean for your brand, the, the Infinna and, and Infinite Fiber? So, of course, hey, our brand is, is important, but I think at the end of the day, uh, we are not kind of meeting the consumers. So the, it's our brand customers who are meeting the, the, the consumers, and they have that, that, that problem to be solved. So. Uh, I think the, if it would be more important for us, uh, I think then, then we would be in a trouble. So it, it's great that the brands are really desiring the, the uh, solution because they are facing the trouble. They are, are having the problem with the consumer end. So when they are having the larger problem, then it's great, great opportunity for, for reuse and for us. Can you see the same thing? I mean, obviously, the, the, the demand from the brand seems obvious to me. I mean, they need to project uh, an image of, of sustainability and show to the consumer that they are, you know, moving in this direction, right? Yeah, and I, and I, and I agree that it is a B2B business. We're selling a raw material throughout a supply chain, so right. it's not directly to the consumer. But you, you shouldn't forget that it is the consumer that's driving these brands, and they are listening to what they're saying and to what they're... Um, buying, basically. Um, so you have to also be cautious of what the consumer wants. Right. So let's talk about recycling. I think this is fascinating and a bit difficult to understand and it's a bit difficult to understand the roadmap here. I, I Sometimes I use the image of, you know, we all have recycling bins in our apartment buildings and so forth. There's glass, there's paper, there's so uh, and And the natural next step would be to have textile. 
Um, there are some developments uh, um, uh, in, in terms of legislation and so forth, but from what I've understood here today with all the companies, that's not the first step, right? The, the consumer won't be the one that recycles first. Or How do you see this roadmap? Yeah, so I've also some, some background in the waste management industry, so the uh, source separation is very important, so the consumer needs to be knowing where to put the waste. I think the, today it's a bit confusing. There are, are charity organizations, they have certain claims that don't put this, don't put that. Uh, we probably can't get to the stage where the consumer is understanding whether it's, it's polyester or cotton or whether it's mixed material. So we need to be making the collection system for consumers so easy that they just know that I throw it there and somebody else take, takes care of it. So they kind of uh, make it easy for consumers first, get, get the consumers understanding that there's somebody taking benefit of that. I think, at, at least in Finland, historically, nobody wanted to, to recycle glass because there was kind of a phenomenon that it's anywhere landfill. But that's not the truth. So we need to be getting to the consumer's message that there's somebody utilizing it. So then people understand, okay, I'll do it for benefit. Uh, and then secondly, we definitely need also the separation system so that it's really separated. All the, the different uh, uh, sources are, are being used because isn't that, at, at the end of the day we want to be using the worst quality which can't be resold which can't be repurposed which can't be reused so that that collection system needs or separation system needs to be built so just to be clear separation is about you need cotton in one place polyester in one place and so forth otherwise you can't repurpose it into yeah or there, in, in the textile waste there, was, there are also goodies and burberries which can be sold which which can be really reused but then there are also kind of worn out clothes which can't be resold so, Nura, this is part of your sort of business model with RenewCell, and you actually, you, you buy up uh, old, you know, fabrics and so forth. How do you, when you present the sort of roadmap of how uh, recycling will develop in the, in the coming years, what's, what's the roadmap from, from your perspective? I think that it is, as, as we were saying, that it's an infrastructure that has to be built and it's not there right now and it starts with the consumer and it ends with the recyclers as us. And we need to make sure that the textiles reaches the right recycler or the right place uh, end of life. And there is this um, thought about, well, we have to reuse the clothes, we have to resell them, remake them, and everything like that. But we're also seeing that that concept and that infrastructure is overwhelmed and it's overstretched and it's just an overload of textiles. So it's not really working at all, not even in Sweden or, or in the Nordics. We don't have the infrastructure to make sure that the textiles that can't be used anywhere else is mm. sent to the right place. Instead, it goes exported and, and they can't do anything with it and so on. So it's, it's, a, it's a large system that has to change and for us we are getting to a scale now where we have to make sure that we have an input of textile waste and we make, have to make sure that we have agreements that those volumes will come um, and, and that means now it's, it's, it's not critical because there's a lot of textile waste out there unfortunately but how to make sure that it comes to us in an efficient way. So let's talk about scale and, and describe yes. from, from RenewCell's perspective. You, you have new plants opening in Sweden, it's very exciting. So, but you're saying that as of now, you don't have any problem finding uh, the old uh, waste textiles. No, um, so we have a plant opening now uh, this summer um, up in Sundsvall here in Sweden, and um, it's going to be it's going to be a large step for us and in general also in the recycling 
soon, but uh, no, there's no, no problem right now for us to get hold of it, but it's more about creating the infrastructure long-term also when we build new plants and when we scale even further. Um, so it, it will probably come to that, but right now, unfortunately, it's pretty easy to get a lot of textile waste. Do you have any production and when it will come to that? When will it become critical to find? Uh well, I'll say the, I think the amount of uncollected textile waste in Europe is about three to four million tons. Uh, and unfortunately growing, so uh, I think that your scale is about 120,000 tons, which means that it takes, say, about 3% of the uncollected waste. We are taking about 1% of the uncollected waste, so we, we can scale up pretty largely with, with Renew Cell. All right. Sure. Good to hear. So there are some major uh, legislation happening on the uh, European Union level, and I'm sure you guys are, are, are covering this. I'm, I've been trying to learn it. It's not obvious to me what will happen. Can you? Can either of you describe what what, what this is? Any any takers? I mean, it's not obvious to anyone what's going to happen with it. <laughs> what we know is that EU has a legislation for upcoming now 2025 for uh, all EU member states to collect and sort textile waste how that's going to happen and what's going to happen in each country is really nobody knows but we can see that it's becoming an issue and it's something that we're looking to um and all of course all countries are looking to how to best solve this and to make sure that they have the the infrastructure for it peter from your perspective i believe finland is is going to uh, be a little faster with this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll be a bit more anxious on that. I think the, it was a clever move from, from Europe because, of course, the kind of legislation is, 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 is really directing that, that how the particular post-consumer waste is being handled. So that was a clever move. And interestingly, I think the, I've heard from, from the MEPS that the purpose was really making sure that the cost of waste is, is being kept on, on, on certain reasonable levels. So very clever idea. I think the, there are a lot of, of ideas coming. Nobody knows what is coming out from, from EU's legislation. So, but I think the healthy thing here is, is that the consumers are directing the change. So as such, of course, the legislation can help, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty positive that change and transformation will be happening regardless of, of the change in legislation. But I would imagine this speaks very much to both your companies' business models, right? It would help you guys. Absolutely. All right, so let's see, let's see uh, what happens next. Um, going back a little bit to, to sort of the, the narrative and, and creating communication around this. Um, Nura, do you think, I mean, you, you, you're working with some of the biggest brands. You've done a very successful project with Levi's, for instance. Uh, how much do you, I mean, we, I as a magazine editor, I, you know, I'm on the receiving end of these press releases and these messages. Um, how, but how well do you think the consumer, you know, is susceptible to these messages? Do you work with the brands on this? Or, or is it sort of up to them to sort of find a way to, to talk to their consumer about it? No, but we work closely with the brands to be able to tell the story to their consumer, meet the, the kind of level that their consumer are at. So if it's, for example, Levi's, they're all about quality. So they want to talk about quality, which we do as well. And for them to be able to go out and say that these 501s, the 501s that you love and that you've had and that you want to buy for the future is made from recycled Levi's. For them, of course, it's a very strong message and it's also for us to show that we're at that quality now in recycling. 
which is amazing. But then for other brands, they want to focus on other parts because that's what their consumer is interested in. So we're trying to see how Circulus can navigate in that. And, and as we touched upon, it has to be transparent. So anyone that wants all the data, anyone that wants to see exactly all the statistics will show them. But otherwise, it's also about getting the zombies on board as well to make sure that they buy the better materials. So one of the presentations previously said 100% uh, sustainable collaboration, which I, I like that term. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about collaboration, and I'm curious because we've kind of we've we've tried to find the, the as many uh, companies uh, that we could find in, in in Sweden and Finland that works with with these issues. Do you guys work together? I know you share investors, for instance, but do you work together in other instances? Help each other with data information. I mean, it's a it's a nice space to be in because the com there's so much um, there's so much of the market to kind of uh, take. So I think it's it's a it's a very good kind of space to be in. As we said, we've had the same investors, Eric from from H and M. We've had them uh, from very early stage. Uh, so of course they've helped us a lot, and I'm sure it's the same mm. for you as well. Yeah, so they are, I really see it more like a collaboration. Of course, technology-wise, there's a kind of pretty narrow area where we are overlapping. So the uh, where Renewcellis is producing pulp, we have the same kind of, of technology. We don't kind of really try to sell the pulp because we are not that on level. We are combining that with kind of very novel uh, fiber technology, which gives provides some 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 advantages. Like for example, we're able to handle elastane, which to our understanding nobody else can do. Uh, so the we after they could be selling their their pulp to us, and maybe there are some some trials in the future. Let's see. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. New connections. So basically, what you're saying is, if you collect a bunch of textiles, there's going to be polyester at the end of it that you can't use, for instance. Yeah, that, that's also the case. So we separate out polyester if it's a pair of jeans and it has elastane in it. We separate out the elastane. So of course, it's interesting to see which technologies that can take that reject from our process and recycle that into something else and and as you said, the, uh, we produce a pulp, so we work with all fiber producers. I want to work with everyone. Um, so that's also for the future. Finishing up here, do you guys have any advice? There are some companies here that are much earlier in their, in their development and they're looking for collaborations and partners and so forth. Do you have any advice to companies in their early stages in terms of, I don't know, finding fashion companies to work with or investors? Talk to Eric. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I think there's um, finding good partnership, of course, from the beginning. Levi's and H&M was big for us. And we've collaborated with them for many years uh, before we actually launched something. And it's been great for both of us because we've had this um, knowledge uh, sharing between us for many years. So I think definitely reaching out and trying to find good collaborators from the very start that and also have patience because it takes time. Uh, we were at scale now, but the company started in 2012. So it is, it is a, a, a lo long development time, of course. Mm. Yeah, I, I said that go straight to the shark tank. Uh, so the work with the largest ones, also take a look at that, that you have some, some challenging customers. Uh, we started working with HM, Wrangler, and then there's a third one, uh, which probably all of you know. Unfortunately, we can't release the name, but those were kind of pushing very hard on our technology. They were kind of pushing us, measuring all the KPIs on the industrial level. 
which we didn't thought that that 2018 because we were just starting to pilot pilot manufacturers. I think I think combination that there were kind of with some easier where the testing was faster. The, the first product was made together with HTM, a, a piece of, of genes. So that was kind of fast evidence that the technology works. Then it was very nice to have the, the very demanding customer because that was stretching us. Uh, the, and then, let's say, go to the market, ask, because say, we, we would have a, a cap capability of using wood and, and, and textile waste and cardboard waste. We didn't try to figure out ourselves that what is interesting. We went to HM and, and, and Wranglers and Patagonias asked them, okay, what is the most interesting feedstock? They provided the answer that, that they have a problem with the textile waste, so we put all the, all the efforts in, in one single feedstock. I think the, that's what matters, that, that what the market wants, what is the most interesting, and let's work on that. All right, Peter Alava from Infinite Fiber Company and Nora Slander from Renewcell, thank you so much for sharing your insights today. Thank you. You've been listening to the Scandinavian Mind podcast with me, Conrad Olsen. This show was edited by Eric Sedin. If you liked what you heard, follow us on your preferred podcast app like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. To get the latest news, insights and invites to upcoming events, sign up to our newsletter. Just go to ScandinavianMind.com to become part of our movement. 